Okay. Mm-hmm. This morning's scripture reading comes from Hebrews chapter 11, verses one, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay, praise God. Praise God. Thank you, brother. Okay, you're all familiar with that scripture and everything. And um, it, it isn't anything new that we haven't covered before. But today's message is indeed about faith. Because faith is something I think we as Christians just kind of take for granted. Um, so many times when we're having troubles, we're having challenges in our lives, someone will say to you, keep the faith. You know, be strong in the faith. And we kind of say, oh, yeah, I got my faith. I got my faith. And we kind of move on like that. But how much do we really, really think about our faith, you know? And how much really do we understand what that faith is and and what that is supposed to to mean to us? And today's message, um, over the last few several Sundays and where the messages have been heading about preparing us for worshiping God and preparing us for the challenges of life. Last week, why do I even go to church and things like that? There are some fundamental, some basic things that we just seem to overlook and take for granted. So I want to go back to one of the scriptures we read from last Sunday. Go to Matthew 13, Matthew chapter 13, and and I'm not going to read the whole parable, but just verse 20. Matthew 13, verse number 20. And this is the scripture about the sower and the seeds, you know, and about where the seeds are falling uh, to the wayside and so forth. And I'm going to tell you why we're going back to revisit the scriptures from last week. But chapter 13 of Matthew, verse number 20 says, But he that received the seed in stony places, the same as he that hears the word, and immediately with joy receives it, yet hath he not root in himself, but endures for a little while. But when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he is offended. Or, or in other words, immediately he gets discouraged or he just kind of falls, falls to pieces. And last Sunday I was saying that one of the reasons that we go to church or the major that we go to church is, is that when we hear the word of God that we need to make sure that we are retaining it. And it's funny, but when I was reading these particular scriptures last week, even though... I have read these scriptures over the years many, 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 many times. That particular part of the, of the scriptures really, really, it, it was hit me. As I was speaking, it was resonating within my spirit, that whole parable of the sower. And lo and behold, when I'm talking about us retaining what we hear on Sunday and carrying it into the week ahead, lo and behold, the week that followed, my week that followed last Sunday, was rife with all sorts of things like you wouldn't believe. And I'm not at liberty to go into a whole lot of details, you know, involving, involving things like that. But my, my, my work week was, was just horrible. And everything that we were discussing on Sunday, thank God I retained it in my spirit. Because it's exactly what I was talking about, you see. So what we're hearing in church and what we're hearing from God, where I've talked about us listening, is God speaking to us through this message? Is God speaking to me through this word? When you leave on a Sunday afternoon, you've got to hold on to that word because invariably during the week, the devil will try to steal it away from you, you know? And thank God, you know, and I, for a minute, a couple of times in midweek, I chuckled and I said, I'll be. You know, that's exactly what he was preaching about on Sunday, those issues. So what I'm saying now is going forward for today's message to please hear and get deep in your spirit what we are about to be talking about today because it's all about faith. It's about faith. And all of us have been given a measure of faith. Go to Romans 12. Romans 12. 
Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse number 3. Romans 12, verse 3. Okay? So we're talking about holding on to what you hear today, what you learn today. Hearing, you know, holding on because invariably your faith, your faith, your faith will be and can be challenged. 12, verse number 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Okay, so underline, dealt to every man the measure of faith. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So that means that everyone sitting in this sanctuary, God has given a measure of faith. God did not give me a larger measure because I'm a pastor. God did not give any, any you know, Brandon in a special measure because the Russians, you know, Brandon did not give, no, God did not give anyone a larger portion of faith. The problem is, many times, is I have that same measure of faith. And if you think of faith like a credit card, many times we take that credit card and we put it in our wallet. And then we go to a restaurant and we eat. And when the check comes, you say, oh, well, gee, I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. I don't know how to pay for it. And you forget that you've got a credit card in your wallet that could pay for that meal. So many times we take that faith and we tuck it away in our wallet, but we don't grab on it to use it. We don't exercise. We don't take advantage of it. So you have the same measure of, measure of faith that I have. My faith is, is given to me by God is no greater than yours. The difference might be or could be, and I'm not speaking for you, but the, the difference could be or might be, though, is that I use my faith. I exercise it. I don't leave that faith tucked away in my wallet like a credit card that I never pull out. I use it. So today we're going to talk about this faith because faith is more than positive thinking. Um, uh, positive, faith, uh, positive thinking will not produce faith. Faith is trust in God, and the only way to develop faith is to learn to know God. The only way to develop faith is to learn to know God. We're going to go over three or four steps for each of these things that you, that you need to do. Since he is trustworthy, as we learn to know him, we spontaneously learn to trust him. Faith is trusting God when things don't turn out the way we expect. Faith is trusting God when, they don't, when things don't happen the way you expect. And getting to know him is, is very, very important. I mean, how can, you get to, how can you have trust in God if you don't know him? You know, if, if someone doesn't know me, and I say to them, I will be the, to pick you up at 7 o'clock in the evening. If they don't know me, there's no faith or trust in that, a total stranger, you see. So one of the things about building that, that faith is trusting in God. Trusting in God. Your faith is trusting God when things don't turn out the way we expect. Hebrews 11.6 is a classic text that says, Without faith it is impossible to please God, for he that comes to God must believe that he is that God exists, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Okay? Diligently seek him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if you've got something going on in your life, and if you are struggling, and you're vacillating back and forth and with this thing that's going on, if you're not having faith in God, then just stop and think for a minute that you are actually displeasing God. So that's another place that you do not want to get up, get, get into. Amen? So, so again, uh, without faith it is impossible to please God, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. And in the scriptures before, when we've been at, uh, at uh, 11.6, I've asked you to underline, diligently seek him. So that means diligently, you know? And I always use the ladies with the red shoes, I'm going to stop picking on you, but you know, when you're looking for a pair of shoes, or if guys are going after a particular gadget, we diligently 
diligently try to seek that gadget. Who's got the best deal? Amazon, Best Buy, or whatever. We spent till 3 o'clock in the morning on the Internet doing the browsing, trying to figure out who's got the best deal. We're diligently seeking that item. But how many of us diligently seek God? You see? So with this thing of faith coming up, and, and, and I'm feeling in my spirit that all of these sermons over the last several weeks are coming, uh, are coming up so much because of what's happening in the world and what's happening in the country. I, uh, Christians being persecuted. Things in our own lives that at times seem to be going haywire. That God is talking to us about, about worshiping in church and ministering and, and hearing him and having real, real strong faith in him because for so many years we've become complacent. We're sitting back on our laurels just taking things about God for granted. Going to church, taking it for granted. Having faith, taking it for granted. Oh, what's the matter? You got a problem? Yeah, I got so on and so forth. Okay, just keep the faith. And then the person walks on. What does that mean? What does that really mean? Keep the faith. You know, they say, okay, yeah, well, do you have faith? Yeah, I got faith. What does that really mean? Okay? All right? So, so we see here that, that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Not those who seek merely his blessings. Hear this. Not those that merely seek his blessings, but those who seek him are the ones who find their reward, for he is their reward. Okay? So we don't seek God simply, simply to get his blessings. It's the other way around. If you want God's blessings, you have to seek him. And as a result of seeking God, guess what? God is your reward. And if you've got God as your reward, then everything else is going to fall into place. You see? But we get that so backwards. We think that we have to pray for the blessings and don't have to seek God, you see. But if you're seeking God and if, if you, you're, you're looking for God and God says that he will answer, and then when God says, yes, here I am, then he brings the blessings, you know. I remember I had an uncle, boy, I, I don't know, I must have been five or six years old, and he would come to visit us when we lived back in New York. My uncle Robert, God bless him. And every time he would come to the house, um, I would hear him talking to my mom, and he would say, do you mind if I give him some C-A-N-D-Y? Okay, C-A-N-D-Y. And being that age, I didn't know C-A-N-D-Y meant, but you know what? I picked up D-Y. I picked up D-Y. So every time he would come, and then he would always come, and he would say, oh, yeah, you go in his overcoat pocket, and he would pull out goodies and things like that. So every time he would come, I remember running up to him, Uncle Robert, you got any D-Y? You got any D-Y? You got any D-Y? Okay? So that's all I could associate with the goodies, with the reward. So every time I saw Uncle Robert coming, I knew that he would have some D-Y and my reward. So every time God shows up in your life, when you're seeking him, He's going to have that D-Y, so to speak, in the form of the blessings that you're bringing. But many times we get that out of place. We go seeking the D-Y, we go looking for the candy and forget about the provider or the one that brings that reward or brings it to you. You see? So the faith, we've got to turn around what we've been thinking about it, you know? About always praying for the thing, but diligently seeking the one who provides the action that you need. God is reward of them that diligently seek him. Not those who seek merely his blessings, but those who seek him are the ones who find their reward, for he is the reward. Now, how do we actually build faith? Faith. Well, I'm going to give you, give you some steps here. Let's go to James 4. Let's go to James chapter 4. Again, this, these are some things here that we just take also, also for granted. How do we actually build this faith? And we talked a little bit about it just a moment ago. Uh, chapter 4, and let's just do... 7 and 8. James 4, 7 and 8. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Okay? 
underline that. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Please underline that. Resist the devil, he will flee from you. Draw near to God. King James says nigh, N-I-G-H. It means near. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You can't be double-minded. So let's break that down a little bit. First of all, it says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. We have to stop thinking that we are the sum total of all knowledge, we are the sum total of all experience, and that we can do or, or remove this circumstance or change these events by ourselves. We've got to submit. Again, over the last few Sundays, we've been talking about praising God, and during the time that we're singing these music, the music, and you're locking yourself away, this is, this is where it begins. For this particular Sunday, again, you're submitting yourself to God. You're, you're real, we sing praises to your name, the song that we sang today. I mean, that is such an awesome song. I mean, you, you submitting, you're submitting to God, realizing that you cannot live your life. You cannot do it by yourself. Whatever challenge you may have going on begins with you submitting to God and knowing that He is greater and that you can cannot bring about this challenge. You cannot eliminate this challenge. You cannot make this thing happen without submitting him, submitting to him. Then it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, why is all of that in one scripture there, in one verse? Okay. Well, first of all, if you're submitting to God, resisting the devil, because I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that the minute that you start submitting to God, that's when the devil is going to start whispering things in your ears. That's when the devil is going to start telling your ears that this is going to go wrong. This is not going to happen. You're not going to get this. You're not going to succeed here. That thing that you're praying for is not going to come to pass. Amen? So the first thing you have to do is, first of all, resist that. In the name of Jesus, you're a liar, devil. You're a liar. I'm submitting to God. God is going to take care of the situation. So I, I, I command you to go right now. And when you do that, the devil will flee. The devil will flee. Case in point, look at Jesus when he was being tempted up on the mountain, the three temptations. What did he do? Every time the devil told him a lie and told him to, basically he was saying he wanted Jesus to say that he's greater than God. And if you look through those three temptations each time around, uh, but each time Jesus hit the devil with the word of God, and then it said that the devil left him. Okay? So we resist the devil because when you start really exercising true faith, because exercising that true faith is going to be a stretch for you. It's going to be a stretch. Because the things that you have exercised faith for, they may have been little minor things so far in life. They may have been minor. But as you grow in the Lord, and the Lord is giving you more and more and blessing you more and more, it's going to require more of your faith. Because God works in the invisible, in the supernatural realm. Amen? So when those things start coming into your life, it's going to stretch your envelope. It's going to stretch your envelope. It's going to challenge. You, you, you know, you, know you, you say, oh, well, you know, I'm... I'm I'm praying that I can get across the street. Well, how much faith do you need for that? If you sit and wait for the light to turn green, most chances are that you will get, a, get across the street. But the things that are coming down into your life in this day and age, the things that you're praying for, the things that, you're, that you want to happen, the stages of your life that you're in where you're moving from one stage in your life to another stage of life, the things that you really want to come to pass, you're stretching your envelope. So it is going to require more of your faith. The minute you start stretching the envelope, envelope and, you, and you're stepping out there, the devil is watching you step out. So he's going to come and he's going to throw more temptations and more obstacles in your way to steal your faith, to, to, to divert your, your, your faith off into something else. So what the word here is saying to, is to resist that, to resist that. When you've got something that you're praying for, then all of a sudden this bubble pops up and you're like, oh no, oh gosh. Say the name of Jesus, I rebuke that. 
and you go back to where you were. I have faith in God. God is my provider. God is my everything. Nothing is impossible for God. Satan, in the name of Jesus, get away from me. I rebuke that thought in the mighty name of Jesus. I will not entertain it. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Then it goes on to say, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God, and he will uh, draw near to you. We have to develop a personal relationship with God. You have to develop a personal relationship with God. That is said in one sentence, but it means it's, it's a mouthful. You have to get to the point where you literally think of God as... Turn to the person and look at the person next to you. Okay? Just say hello to him real quick. Okay? All right? The person responded. They looked back at you. You've got to get to the point where in your spirit that you believe that God is just like that person sitting next to you. All right? It's hard to get a personal relationship with someone that you don't fellowship with. Amen? Amen? We all have relatives that are spread out all over the map, you know, different places, okay? And there are some that we see more than others. I have a closer relationship with my sons and daughters-in-law that live right here with me because I see them quite frequently than I do with family members that I see very infrequently. So it's because I see them, I spend time with them, I talk with them, okay? We have joy together, we have challenging times together, amen? But, but, but we, we fellowship one with the other. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot have real faith, true faith, the kind of faith that will, 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 will keep you and sustain you through troubles if you don't have a personal relationship relationship with God. And I will tell you something. The people that I have known over the many years that have the most struggles in their lives, the people that I have known over the many years that have the most struggles in their lives are those people that I have known, that I have known, do not have real good personal relationships with God. I'm telling you, it's a matter of fact. Those that I have known where there's constantly an issue, that they're Christians, they're showing up in church, they're tithing, they're singing in the choir, they're doing all of these sorts of things. But when it comes down to their lives, there's always a turmoil, there's always something going on. All right? And then those people, when you, when you stop and you pray about it, or if you, if you have the blessed opportunity of ministering to them or talking with them, you will find that they do not have a real personal relationship with God. Okay, now what does that mean? That means that they believe that God is... They believe that theoretically God is. They know all of the, sing, all of the, the uh, hymns, they know all of the songs in the verse, they can quote scripture and, 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 and verse to you, but when it comes down to having that personal relationship with God, we're feeling and knowing in their deepest part of their being, in their spirit, that when I've got a trouble, I can turn to my left or turn to my right or look up, and I know that God is there and He hears me. Amen? You say, well, Pastor, well, it's easy for me to turn to the left and to the right and say hello to Stephanie. I see her sitting right there in front of you. Well, guess what? What is your faith? God is saying that I am here. So are you saying because I can't see you, God, you may not be here? Amen? So who does that sound like? Who is that in the, in the scripture that came known as Doubting Thomas? He said, I will not believe unless I can touch the wounds in your hands, Lord. Amen? Amen? Amen. That which is seen is not hope. The hope for that which is seen is not really hope because it's there. Amen? So developing that personal relationship with God is knowing that God is there with you and that personal experience. And, you know, many times, you, you know, I, I, I hear especially some young couples sometimes, you know, and I say, are, are you praying together? Do you pray together? And it's like, well, no, not really. Well, why? Well, we feel a little uncomfortable, a little shy, you know, about, about talking about God, about praying about God. You know, you, you, you got to get beyond that. 
You have to move beyond that. Because the only way you can get that personal relationship is through prayer and through talking to God, especially together. And I say to young folks today, my God, if you're moving on and you think that you're going to be, you know, spotty about God, you're going to run into a whole lot of trouble. whole lot of trouble. My wife and I over the years had many challenges starting out when our kids were young. Many challenges. And I tell you, it was but for the grace of God and us having a very close walk with God that we overcame all of that and we're, and we're blessed every step of the way. So developing that personal relationship, you've got to get to the point where you don't feel foolish talking to God. I mean, literally. Literally. You know? Now, if you're on a packed, crowded bus and things like that, I, su- I suggest you pray about how you go about doing that. I mean, you know, you don't want to start blurting out and so on. But, I mean, but if the Spirit so guides you, so what? I mean, why are you worried about what man would think? You need to develop that personal relationship. Those that have the most struggles in life are those people that do not have a real uh, personal relationship with God. The only, only two things necessary in order to trust someone is, first, you must find someone who is trustworthy, and secondly, you must get to know them. How can you trust God if you don't know him? Okay? All right? Where God is more than just a theory to you. All right? The only deliberate effort, now listen to this, the only deliberate effort in the Christian life is to seek God. That's the only deliberate thing that we have to do is to seek God. All right? Now, there's a whole lot of things in Christianity, obviously, that we're supposed to do. But the, the deliberate thing that we have to do is to seek God's face. If you don't seek him, he does not. God said, if you draw nigh to me, I will draw near unto you. Now, God is bringing us to a decision. God is basically bringing us all to a decision today, and I ask you to think about it. Do you trust God or do you trust man? It's as simple as that. Do you trust God or do you trust man? If you, are, if you are not at the spot, you're not in the space where that whatever is going on in your life, that you can, you can get to the point that you, you can actually, when you're home, sit down or lay down or stand or what it is that you're doing and say, Lord, I need to talk to you. All right? And I'm going to tell you the most effective way to do that, at least to me. When I've got something that's really burdening, burdensome going on in my, my life, I literally will just go to a place where I can be by, by myself, my bedroom, the bathroom, or whatever it could be. And I simply say, literally say, Lord, I need to talk to you. Simple as that. Simple as that. Lord, I need to talk to you. I praise you. I love you, Lord. I honor you. You're awesome. You've always done this for me, Lord. I know you can. But this is what's going on in my life. This is what's going on in my heart. And I don't have to search for, for fancy words. You don't have to do these and vows. Amen. But the same way if you called me up or a loved one or a friend or someone and said, I got this issue that's on my plate. I want to talk to you, you know. You sit down with the person. Maybe you go over and see them face to face. But you sit down with them and you just open your soul and you say, look, I got to talk to you. This is what's troubling me. And you do that. Amen. And then as a result of that, you talking to that person, you're building a closer bond. The person will advise you, hopefully, in the, in the right way. You'll talk to them. You may shed a few tears together. You may laugh together, whatever. But you're building that bond. Amen? And then you start knowing, well, gee whiz, I can always talk to so-and-so. That so-and-so could be a relative. It could be a very close friend. Sometimes our relatives are not the ones that we want to talk to. But someone in your life, there's someone there that you trust so much that you know that I can speak to them and I can tell them with, with what's on my heart and I won't, won't have any problems. Now, why do we hesitate sometimes about speaking to people about what's on our heart? Because we're afraid of judgment. We're afraid that if we say the wrong thing, that person's going to laugh at us or think poorly of us or badly of us. But with God, God is not going to do that. Amen? Amen? So, but, but with human beings, we build relationships like that over the years. 
We all have friends or have had friends, you know, or family members that we're very, very close to. You know, maybe my Aunt Jackie, I could talk to more than my mom. I'm just using names. Amen. Amen. But I'm saying, but then that person, you could always go to Aunt Jackie and talk openly. Well, guess what? God is, God is a much better person to talk to. Amen? And God can do much more than any human being. But the point that I'm making that I really need you to grasp here is about building that relationship. The same way you cultivated that relationship over the years with that human being, you have to do the same thing for God. With God. But the problem is with, with, um, with Christianity as it has, let me frame this right now, with Christianity as it has evolved as a religion, is not the way God intended it to be. We've made Christianity a religion so much that we hold God in such a place that we are afraid to go to him. That we are afraid to simply talk to him. That there has to be a whole lot of pomp and circumstance before I can simply pour out my heart to God. Amen? The most effective prayer you know, in, in, in the universe is simply, God, help me. Help me, okay? But you don't say, help me, to someone that you don't trust. You don't say help me to someone um, or to someone that you with whom you have not developed a good relationship. So the biggest thing about this whole faith thing, again, keep in mind what I'm saying to you now, that those that I've seen over the years that have the most struggles are those people that have not developed a good relationship with God. Keep that. Keep that thought and don't forget it. All right. Those that have the most struggles, it's because of the lack of a good relationship with God. Now, does that mean that you will never have a struggle? No, it does not. It does not mean you're not ever going to have a struggle. Jesus said that in this world you shall, you shall have tribulations. He said that. You can expect that. But the difference between us and the person that is not a real believer in God is that when that, see, with us, when a troublesome thing comes into your life, it hits you. Yeah, I mean, we're human, you know. That thing, bang, oh my gosh, you know, I got this letter, I got this phone call, uh, this thing from the, the doctor, this thing from the, the, the mortgage or whatever. This thing, it hits you. But then as Christians, though, we regroup. And we, we, we regroup really quickly and we say, wait a minute. First of all, in the name of Jesus Christ, that what I heard is not true. So I rebuke that thought in the name of Jesus Christ. Get away from me, Satan. I am not going to entertain that thought. And then the next step you do is right away you say, Lord, let me talk to you. This is what's happening. I just heard that so-and-so, so-and-so, and I know this is so-and-so, Lord, but this is troubling over me over here on this side. And what if, what if? And you give it to God. You talk to him because he's your counsel. He's the one that you speak to. And you go there with the same way that I would talk to my Aunt Jackie, the same way I would talk to my mom or my dad, that trustworthy person. You see, when you start developing that real close relationship with God, then you'll find that the struggles that come in your life will not be sustainable. They will not be long-standing. They will not be lasting. You'll get that immediate jolt. You get that immediate joke, which always happens, okay? But then you regroup and right away you take it to God. Then all of a sudden the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will come upon you because God then will start guiding you what to do, all right? And then God will say, he'll remind you of his various scriptures. He'll remind you of his word. And then God will simply say to you, and, and it's, the, it's the, I don't want to say odd, oh, it's not the right word, but it's the, most, it's the most wondrous thing because when you're praying like that and you're saying, God, help me, this is the issue that I've got going on, and God will give you that scripture, which, which, which meets the need for that issue, then you'll hear God say, now do you believe that? Do you believe it? Alright? So when Holy Spirit reminds you of what that word is, then the simple thing is, do you believe it? Because guess what? God has laid out all of this before us. Everything that I'm talking about, God has laid it out before us. But in the final analysis, guess who controls it all? Everyone to say, God, No. 
All that controls it all is you. Is you. God laid it out. God put it out there. The words I'm saying to you are not my words. They're, they're God's words. They're in his book. But in the final analysis, do you believe it? So it's up to you. So after you're praying to God and you're saying, God, help me. This is what's before me. This is what's on my mind. I know so and so and this and that. But Lord, I don't understand this. And then he'll give you the scripture. Then the bottom line, God's going to say, now, do you trust what you've just heard? Do you trust what I've just reminded you of? So in the final analysis, then, it's up to you. Again, it goes back to that human being relative. The person that you've known all of those years that you've been able to confide in, that Aunt Jackie that you've been able to confide in and whatnot, and then she gives you that bit of advice. Do you trust her? Do you trust what she's told you? And nine out of ten times in my experience, after many years in ministry, the human being will trust the human being. The human being will trust that Aunt Jackie. Okay? All right? Well, I've had people say where we're talking about Scripture, where they've said to me, we're talking about Scripture, oh, well, my Aunt Jackie said so-and-so-and-so, and I'm floored. We're reading the Word of God from the Bible. We still say, well, my Aunt Jackie said so-and-so-and-so-and-so, and that's a human being. So they're trusting the human being more than God. All right? So you've got to get to the point in your life that you trust the Word of God. Why? Because God is faithful and you have this relationship. The same way you know that Aunt Jackie will never fail you, you've got to get down in your spirit that God will never fail you. He'll never fail you. And that's based on your relationship with Him. You don't have the relationship, then it's hard, it's very hard for you to get to the point of trusting Him that way without question. Okay? The next thing we're going to talk about... So again, so ending with that particular part of it, it ends with, do you trust God or do you trust man? The other part now is reading the Bible. Let's go to, the, to Joshua 1.9. There's another component here, okay? We're talking about, about seeking God, how to get faith, seeking God, um, developing a relationship with Him. And the other component here into building your faith is um, in, in reading the Bible. Go to Joshua 1. Joshua 1. One, one. It's getting to know God. It's getting to trust God. How much faith do you have? Oh, I got a whole lot of faith. Then all of a sudden, when something's going wrong, then people are folding. Why? Amen. Amen. One. Joshua, one, one. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, rise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your border. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. Please underline that. There shall not be any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Please underline or highlight all of that if you don't already have it. So, okay, so he's saying right there, none will be able to stand. In other words, you won't have any, no one will be able to oppose you. That's what that, that's what that means about won't, won't be able to stand before you. No one will be able to oppose you. As he, as he was with Moses, so I will be with you. The same thing applies to us. He is with us and he will not fail us or forsake us. Six, be strong and of good courage. <coughs> Excuse me. Be strong and of good courage. Underline that. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swore unto their fathers to give them. 
Only be thou strong and very courageous. There it is again. That thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. So in other words, to obey him. Which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper wherever thou go. So one of the things you got to think about here with this faith thing, first of all, is following God and not deviating. Not deviating from where God is wanting us to go. Don't be pulled left or to the right. Because the Lord knows that the devil is out there trying to get us off track anyway. Verse uh, number 8. This book of the law, reading the Bible now. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Please in the line, thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Please underline. That thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein. For then, underline then, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then, underline then, thou shalt have good success. Amen. So here we're saying, do not let the book, verse 8, the book of the law depart out of your mouth. Meditate therein day and night. How many of us, and I'm not asking the question, so don't raise your hand, but how many of us read the word only while we're in church? Okay. How can you build a relationship with God if you're not reading his word? Amen? Amen? God is speaking to us. Holy Spirit is speaking to us. But if you're not reading his word other than an hour or so or half hour or so per, uh, on Sunday, then how can you under- come to understand God? You know? you know, God will speak to you maybe during a church service. Hopefully, if you're listening, there's something there that God is trying to tell you, you know, through reading the scriptures. But when you leave here... Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, do you ever crack the book to look at it and read it? Because I'm telling you, trust me when I say, or trust God when I say this, that there have been many, many times, innumerable, countless times, that when I've had an issue going on in life and, 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 and a troublesome thing, and I've been praying about it, and I go to the Bible, that I wind up seeing a scripture that is answering my need. So God speaks to you through that word. He speaks to you through that written word. So if you're someone that is just reading the Bible for the little time that we're here in church, then you really need to start thinking about picking up that Bible and looking at it during the week. Especially, especially when you've got an issue going on in life. You know? The Word of God, the written Word of God, the Bible as we call it, is like no other book that, 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 that is in existence. It's a living Word. Yeah, it's ink and paper, but it's a living Word. It's a Word that has meaning. It, it, it spans the centuries and the meanings have not changed. It spans the centuries and the same, the, the same effect that it had thousands of years ago can have again in your life today. So, so one of the things here in, in developing that faith, in addition to coming to know God, is to read his word. To read his word. You know, um, uh, uh, it, it says also there, um, this is written, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. If you do that, then your way will be prosperous, and then you shall have good success. And have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. So God is saying here that if you meditate upon his word day, day and night, he says, then you will have success. And again, it goes back to what I was saying before. The many people that I've known over the many years that have struggles are those that do not have a personal relationship with God and those who do not read the word. Okay? All right? And I'm not putting anyone under judgment or anything like that under, under uh, a condemnation, but I'm telling you, you know, if you're not reading the word every, every day, then you're putting yourself, you're opening the door. Because first of all, when the devil rises up in your, night, in your life, you're not even going to know what scripture is to use to get rid of the devil. You're not even going to know because you're not reading the word of God. Amen. The word of God is God's, is God's written voice. So develop the relationship is also to read the word of God. Um, go to 2nd... Go to Second Timothy. 
in winding down, praise the Lord, Second Timothy chapter 3. If you notice every time God says, you know, be strong and be of good courage because he wants you to prosper. He wants you to benefit. He doesn't want you having sleepless nights. He doesn't want you having knots in your stomach because things are not going right. You know, he doesn't want you thinking that you have faith. You know, and, and we delude ourselves. <laughs> you have faith. Oh, yeah, I got faith. I got faith. And no sooner you leave the person's presence, your knees are knocking together and your teeth are chattering because of what's going on in your life. And you start get, you're starting to get worried, you know. Second uh, uh, Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. This I know also. That in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, uh, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Don't we see that? Despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power of it. From such, turn away. Right? Underline that. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power of it. If we are so religious and so Christian and whatnot, why do we almost deny the power of God by not having faith? Because in essence, that's what you're doing. If you don't have faith for God to get you through a situation, that means you're denying the power that God has. Amen? Amen? Um, uh, verse number 6. For of this sort are they who creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with various lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Underline that. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Every time I read that scripture, I think about our, um, uh, the Big Bang. You know, where, where scientists and things, they, they, they've mastered, not mastered, but have a pretty good way of getting into space and, 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 and going to, to uh, having um, Voyager and so forth, going to the outer parts of the universe, landing on astronauts and so forth. But yes, so they still talk about the scientific Big Bang thing. Forever learning, ever learning, ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. That truth is that inexplicable truth that God created the universe. Amen? Then it goes on to say in, in uh, 8, Now, as, as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Um, men of corrupt minds reprobate discerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, and patience. Persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Please in the line, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Every persecution, every challenge that you could have, the Lord can deliver you. Verse number 12, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You see? All, all of us as Christians at some point in time will suffer persecution or have some changes, have some, some challenges in life. But evil men and seducers shall become worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou, listen to this now, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. Of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child 
From a child, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Please underline that. And, and, and from a child, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Okay? Now, some of, some of us have been in, in church and in the Lord longer than others. I mean, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But you, you have the Holy Scriptures. You know what the Scriptures are saying. All right? And from a child, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is Jesus Christ. Underline through faith which is Jesus Christ. So what God is saying is that from a child you have learned these holy scriptures and that they're there to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is Jesus Christ. So then if that's the case, why is it that we get so twisted and we fall apart when a trial rises up in our lives? Amen? What about the faith? All scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. We're doing something wrong, we're going in the wrong way, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. All right? So verse number 16 says it all right there. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So, in getting to know God, building that relationship... You also have to read his word so you can understand it. And then lastly here is to counteract, is to counteract that doubt and fear that comes into your life. Matthew 16. Matthew 16. Praise the living God. Matthew 16. Um, And let's go to 18. 16, 18. And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth Loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. Underline or highlight all of that. And then go to Matthew 18. Matthew 18. Verse number 18. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. So we see a couple of things happening here. First, it's saying there that if two shall agree, how important it is for us to be on one accord. How important it is for us to be on one accord with our husbands, with our wives, with our families. In a church, in, a, in an organization. If you're not on one accord, you know, what, what is it? A house divided uh, cannot stand. Amen. So God is saying, what, what, be on one accord. The other thing is very interesting here that is within the same book, in the book of Matthew, twice, in the same gospel, twice, God's talking about binding and loosing. Amen. So as far as building that supernatural faith, God, through putting this here twice, he's telling us also, in addition, building that faith by getting to know him, by building that relationship, by understanding his word, by reading his Bible, by, by getting a personal relationship. He's also saying that to build that faith, when these bad things come into your life, 
to bind it up, to bind it up and cast it out. Do not let these troublesome things that come into your life stay there. In the name of Jesus, I bind it up and I cast it out in the name of Jesus. Every single contract, if, if it's involving other people that's coming into your life, every single contract that's trying to be formed by so-and-so, every single plan, every single thought of the enemy, in the name of Jesus, I cancel it out and I call it null and void. That contract, those plans of those people have no effect in me. I am a child of the living God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So in in the name of Jesus, I take authority over it and I bind it up. Heavenly Father, loose your ministering angels into my life. Loose your ministering angels, I pray, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus, to guide me, to protect me, to watch over me, to keep me safe from harm, seen and unseen. All you are doing is quoting back God's word. You're quoting back exactly what God's word says. Amen. So God knows that in building that faith, first of all, you've got to know before you enter into, into the day... That should something arise, that you've got the authority, first of all, to bind it up. To bind it up. There's no guarantee when you leave your, when you, when you leave your house exactly what chain of events are going to go on. You don't know. God knows. Amen. So by faith, you go with God. Amen. You don't know every single day that I get up, you know, and I, if, <laughs> if people could hear me in the garage when I'm getting in my car, I guess they'd think I'm a stark raving lunatic, you know, because I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, you know, let's go. And I envision him sitting on the seat right next to me. And I said, Lord, and then that going down the highway, if I've got music playing or whatever, I'm praying, praying in tongues. And I'm saying, Lord, line up today. I've got certain meetings set up that I know are going to be troublesome. I'm praying about those meetings. I'm binding up those individuals while I'm... I am in the car. I'm binding them up in the name of Jesus that they will not bring opposition to, to, to thwart that which I'm trying to do. I plead the blood of Jesus over my car. I mean, church starts for me every day from the time that I get up, and you've got to get in the habit of doing that. Amen? And simply because, you know, and, 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 and try it. Try it. I won't lie to you and say that the first time I turned around and looked up at the blank air and say, okay, Lord, me and you, and so on like that, it felt a little weird. It felt a little strange. But once you get beyond that, if you have faith and you know that God is there, it becomes very easy for you to talk to him like that. That's building that relationship, you know? It's building that relationship. And if something is not going the way you thought that it should be, do not start getting your, knot in your stomach in knots and start trying to rationalize and to reason why it didn't go the way you wanted it to be. Don't try to reason that. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. He has reasons for doing things. He has reasons for permitting certain things to happen for a whole number of reasons that are only God's. But you know that if God is for you and God is with you, you know that God permitting or allowing something to happen is still going to be best for you because all things work together for good for what? For those that love the Lord. Amen? Amen? So when those things happen and they don't quite, they're not quite how you want them to be or how you think they should be, it is still going to be for your benefit. Amen? Many times God will permit things to happen in our lives. But however, the word of God again says that God will never give us something that is greater than what we can bear. Okay? All right? Reading the word, the word is in your spirit. You're able to give it back when you need it. God will not give you something beyond what you can bear. But many times God will permit something to happen in our lives to build our faith. Because it's a test of your faith. How many times do you think about that when something is going quote-unquote wrong? You ever stop and ask yourself, well, maybe God is testing me here. God is permitting this thing to happen just to see how strong my faith is going to be. 
that I'm not going to try and figure it out rationally or scientifically or, or some other logical kind of way. But I'm simply going to land on the fact that God has, God knows this is happening in my life. So either God is permitting it to be there because God is going to bring me through this some other whatever kind of way. All I know is that I've got faith in him that he is able to do this. All I know, I've got the faith. And then what you will find in your life, invariably you will find, that whatever it is that you may be wrestling with at that moment, at that present time, and when God brings you through it, there will be a greater test. There will be a greater test. And then what God will do, Holy Spirit will remind you of, remember back there? Remember when you thought that too was impossible? Remember when you cried at 3 o'clock in the morning, you didn't think you were going to be delivered through that situation? Remember that? And God brought you through? Remember that? Okay. Well, look to this thing. It's no different. It's no different. Oh, but Lord, but this is greater than that thing. How great is God? Are you saying that God is only great enough to do that thing back last year, but he's not great enough to do this thing for this year? See? So as you go with God and as you learn and develop that relationship with God and you've learned to trust him the same way you've run to that Aunt Jackie from the time you were 13 years old, you know, or now when you skinned your knee or for the young ladies when you had your first boyfriend and you needed some advice and you ran to Aunt Jackie because you knew that you could trust her to give you good advice. Well, this is, the way, this is where we need to get with God. Because based on experience, experientially I know that every time I've gone to God in the past, He's delivered me. He's given me the answer. So therefore, even though this thing must seem, seems a whole lot greater, you know, but then when I ran to Aunt Jackie, boy, oh boy, was that a doozy. Aunt Jackie gave me good advice and guided me through. Well, guess what? God is even greater than Aunt Jackie. So God's going to bring me through. Amen? Amen? This is what building supernatural faith is all about. Is when everything else around you shows that it just can't work, it can't happen. You can't understand what the future will hold. You can't reason why this thing should work out okay. It's against all odds that I'll be successful in this thing. If you're trusting God and have that relationship and you can't see the why, you don't know why, that's what faith is all about. That's what faith is all about. Amen? So next time someone says to you, do you have faith? Don't tell them you'll call them back and I'll tell you. I'll call you back in a half hour and let you know. But think about it. You know, do you have faith? Amen? Amen? Praise God. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. And now before we close, let's prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings.